Welcome to the Run Better Podcast from Snackable Inspirations, where we talk to business leaders about employee engagement, experience, and motivation. For show notes and bonus content, visit snackableinspirations.com forward slash podcast. And remember, corporate learning and communications should not feel like work. If you want to truly engage your employees and create a measurable impact, share bite-sized videos made by people they want to hear from. If you'd like to learn how to do this for your business, get in touch with us at Snackable Inspirations. All right, let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Barrett. I'm a business development specialist with Board Studios. One of our initiatives is to help companies, leaders, and managers connect with their employees through bite-sized videos. Today, I'm joined by Shauna Morn. She is the founder of Operate Remote. She's been working there as the founder for three years, but she's been involved in employee engagement for more than six, specifically working with remote teams, which holy cow, Shauna, we need you more than ever before. Hi, Kerry. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you for being here. So before we jump into all of the details about employee engagement, especially as it pertains to remote teams, let me just ask you to, to introduce yourself and, and let the audience know a little bit about your background. My story is interesting. I've been researching remote teams long before the whole world started working remote you know, 18 months ago. I was working for a multinational company. I was leading a team remotely across nine different time zones. We were also working in a hybrid environment. So we were, we were reporting into an office mm -hmm. and there was a lot of challenges and, and nobody was talking about remote teams. There was no blog posts or articles. It just wasn't the done thing. So it led me back to university where I studied innovation management and I based all of my research around remote teams. And I was able to actually really improve the engagement of my team, but also educate my company on remote first processes. So how do we inc create inclusive environments in a hybrid environment? How do we streamline our communication? How do we keep the momentum going from when we met up in person to when we go back to our nine different countries and work on different time zones? So I was able to answer a lot of those questions and really improve the experience for my team and from and the knowledge for me as a leader as well but what was interesting was a lot of the partners that I was working with so I was working with a lot of tech businesses a lot of agencies they started to approach me to say Shauna we have a remote team and we don't know what we're doing like we need your help <laughs> and that's where operate remote kind of came from yeah. So what I realized quite quickly in advising these teams and advising these founders on how to create sustainable remote teams that are engaged was that the advice and the consultancy didn't always work. A lot of the times there was a mindset shift that needed to happen for these founders, for these teams. They needed to reflect and change some of their beliefs around, you know, how do we build trust as a remote team? How do we set expectations? You know, how do we build self-awareness to make sure that we don't overwork and burn out? And what that missing piece was coaching. So I have a degree in psychology and I went back and, and qualified as an executive coach. And today that's what I do. I blend the two together. So, you know, it's, it's a really effective solution because it's, here's the process, here's the advice, but let's reflect on what this actually means for you to remove those blind spots. Because, you know, that emotional intelligence piece accounts for up to 45% of workplace performance. So it's especially, I think, more even important in a remote environment when we can't see each other um, and we're not together in person. So, yeah, I, I'm based in Vancouver, British Columbia now, and I've worked with some amazing companies 
um, dozens of companies, multinational startups, um, some like Webflow, Shell International, O2E Brands. You know, so it's been a it's been a great experience. It's been incredibly busy over the last uh, eighteen months. I can't even imagine. And I have to ask. Uh, clearly, you're not originally from Vancouver. Did the pandemic and the and and your work with remote teams bring you over from another country? Yes, so I'm from Ireland. I forgot to mention that. How did I forget to mention that? I figured as much. Yeah. Yeah. If, if my mother heard me, she wouldn't be happy about that. But um, yeah, so I we moved actually to Vancouver, myself and my fiance in June 2020. So mid pandemic. And uh, he moved over for his career opportunities. But for me, I mean, I work globally yeah. online on my laptop. So yeah. it was no issue. So it's amazing, you know, what it can open up. It really can. I mean, there are undeniable efficiencies and certainly the candidate pool is open in a way. I mean, there's a lot of competition, but it's open in a way that it hasn't been before because we are not tied to geographic locations. But that does present some interesting challenges. And you mentioned that those blind spots that I have a million questions for you, yes. <laughs> but I'm going to try and keep us under time. Uh, you mentioned the blind spots and the fact that so much of that communication is based on the emotional intelligence. Are there maybe trend items or certain blind spots that you see the common mistakes that you see over and over again one of the biggest mistakes i see over and over again i suppose when i look at a lot of the challenges that companies are having especially those companies that have transitioned to remote over the last 18 months from an office environment to remote I look at kind of the four major root causes. One of the biggest root causes of the challenges that I see is that companies are operating in the way that they would have in the office. They haven't shifted their mindset. They haven't shifted their beliefs around the ways in which they work. So for example, they're still looking at employee input versus employee output. So they're looking at how much hours we're putting in. Are we at the desk at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. until 5 p.m., five days a week? Instead of leaning more into flexibility and measuring the output mm -hmm. and, you know, the quality of the output, you know, because it isn't, no, it no longer is it about when we work, it's how we work, how we get it done and what we produce at the end, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to give that level of flexibility. And then that kind of translates into the way that they communicate as well. So a lot of teams are focused very heavily on synchronous communication, which is communication in real time, which mm -hmm. is what you and I are doing now. We're communicating in synchronous um, style. Yeah. If, you know, when your audience listen back to this, it's going to be in delayed time. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be asynchronous communication. So where the challenge with companies is, is they're so heavily focused on synchronous meetings, 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 meetings. They don't lean into asynchronous communication that leverages that level of flexibility, but also helps people across multiple different time zones communicate effectively. So when I'm when I'm talking about asynchronous communication, I mean things like improving our written communication, improving how we communicate via Slack, Microsoft Teams, whatever chat you're using. Mm -hmm. I see companies, they have an explosion of messages. It's just this chaotic communication all the time ping 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 back-to-back oh, yes. -back meetings and it's like people are stressed right mm -hmm. that plays havoc on our nervous systems it plays havoc then on our, our on our ability to be creative to be strategic and then you're getting teams that are burnt out so that communication is a, is a huge piece um around that so that's kind of one of the biggest root causes that i see um across the board across all company industries. And it makes perfect sense. And I, I think eventually, hopefully we'll get it right. I mean, it wasn't that long ago 
that company culture and employee engagement weren't even recognized the way that they are now. They were never tied to like an ROI. They were sort of like a nice to have maybe, but not necessarily a need to have. And that has changed so, I mean, listen, it was never a nice to have. It was always a need to have, but we have become aware of it incredibly so in the last 18 to 24 months. You know, when it comes to having that communication. And when it comes to understanding those blind spots, and I love that you bring both, you know, the therapy and like the coaching part together, because you can understand where people are, where their mindset isn't where it needs to be. But I guess my question for you after all of that is <laughs> what works well? Like, how do you how do you execute on this? How do you make it happen? And I realize it's probably different for companies that do different things. They have different sizes, they have different resources, et cetera, et cetera. But overall, what is it that works? We have a few minutes. I'm going to try and summarize it, okay. you know, um, in a couple of points. And when I think of what works overall, I think no matter, regardless of the size of your team, of your company, you have an employee experience. When you look at that employee experience, you know, there's a couple of stages to that, right? So first of all, it's the hiring stage. So a lot of especially startups that are trying to hire fast, they fail to really look at that emotional intelligence skill set of the employees that they're hiring onto their team. And so that is really important to assess, not just to assess their skills and competencies to do their job, but their skills and competencies to be a remote worker. And okay, you can add in emotional intelligence assessments and there's lots of different things out there, but you can also ask very powerful questions around their experience of working as a remote worker. If you know that the challenges of remote working are around burnout, around stress, around how to communicate, around how to build relationships with your colleagues, around how to create collaboration in your workday, ask them questions about that around their experience. How did they do that? You know, what did they learn from that? Where were their challenges and what did they do to solve it? So bringing that into the hiring process is really, really um, pivotal to make sure that, you know, you're getting the right people onto your team, first and foremost. Um, the second thing is around, you know, how are you setting your team up for success once they join the company? So that onboarding, that knowledge management. Some companies are going to have a very advanced knowledge management system. Some are not. If you don't, um, things like how to create an onboarding experience is like pairing people up together, right? Making sure that your remote team members aren't feeling isolated, especially in those first few weeks. So can they have an onboarding buddy? Can they, is there a specific place for them, maybe in a Slack channel to go with their questions to be answered? Is there handbooks? Is there documentation that they can read through? So making sure that that is kind of streamlined, then looking at, okay, the current processes that your team are working on. I think one of the, the best things to do around those processes is to get your team involved. So when there is a problem, for example, too many meetings, get the team together to talk about, okay, we've too many meetings in our calendar. Our communication is not calm, it's chaotic. What do we do about it? What can we start, stop, continue to do? So get the team involved in that because then you educate them on the why. So it's not, you're not just doing this to do a nice process, right? And as part of doing another thing and ticking another box, you're doing it to save everybody time, to give everybody time back to focus on the things that they want to do. So it's about fulfillment. It's about saving time. It's okay. Yes, it's about the bottom line, but there's a, a reason there's a why in it for everyone. 
So yeah. getting people involved in that is is incredibly important and let it, letting them have their say. You know, and I think the other thing is we have to look at what our team wants, what their values are, what their definition of success is. Um, how are we as a company supporting that? Are we developing our leaders to be effective? I mean, leadership accounts for up to 70% of a variance in employee engagement. So it's an incredibly important thing to have your leaders equipped to not only identify the red flags that might be happening on, happening on your remote team, but to really coach people through their problems, to take them to new heights, to really establish a relationship, a trusting relationship that we can help people feel fulfilled in their job because that's the great resignation. That's what we're seeing is people are leaving for something else. So you need to understand what your team wants. And it's not just about money anymore. You know, like speak to your team, ask them what they value. It's not just about money and promotion, which is the very masculine energy. You know, a lot of the time people want more flexibility. They want more balance. They, they want better relationships with colleagues. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to... Um, you know, do a course or so it's about asking those questions. What do your team value? And a great way to do that is to commit to no matter what size you are, commit to collecting data on a regular basis. So this is what I do before I even work with any company. It's like we get all of the data because our assumptions aren't always true. Right. Especially as leaders, we can say this is what's wrong with our team and it's because of this. But that's your perspective, right? We haven't collected the data of your team members. Mm -hmm. So collect that data, put a survey together. Um, or you can do kind of roundtable discussions. I prefer surveys because it gives everybody a chance to kind of voice their concerns or their opinions or their feedback. And you can actually measure it time and time again, you know, over a period of time. And you can actually, when you do collect that data, I always say to companies, present back the findings and present back your plan to your team mm -hmm. right there's no point in collecting data and doing nothing and um, because then your team know that you're invested in them in their experience in their journey in improvements you, you're not going to have it all right all of the time but once your team know you're committed to making changes and you're committed to making it a better experience for them and um, then they're going to be much more engaged right? Even if there are problems. You touched on so much. I mean, for so long, there were assumptions made that it was as simple as, oh, I'll give you a bump in salary or I'll change your title. And that's not, that's not especially, I think, what like the younger generation is expecting or hoping for in terms of their fulfillment when they enter the workforce. I'm going to ask you sort of, I'm going to deviate for a second because you mentioned so many great points. Is there a difference between how you engage a younger demographic versus an older when it comes to remote and, and communication mm -hmm. styles? Or do you find that it's the same across the board? It's definitely different, um, you know, and I remember an exercise that I worked with a leadership team on where they had a multi-generational workforce. And when we looked at the generations, we looked at two things. So each generation, what do they value as a generation and how do they like to communicate? Mm -hmm. And the answers are very different. You know, there's a lot of research as well. And on your point around the younger generation, there's a lot of research done recently around Gen Z and how they really, their main, uh, I suppose, value in the workplace is working in a place that has a purposeful mission. Mm -hmm. So a place that is changing the world, yeah. right? So if your company isn't clear on what your purpose is and you're not communicating that and you're not putting that mission out there in front of your team, 
then you might be missing a trick, especially if you have a, a very young, younger generational workforce. So I do think that there's a difference. I think that what is a really great way for leaders and those frontline managers, a good kind of, I suppose, exercise for them to do is to sit down with their team one-to-one and ask them, how do you, rely, how do you like to receive feedback? Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, it's I want it directly. I want it on a phone. I want it on a video call. I want to be able to see you. For some people, it's like, no, just send it to me in Slack or in an email. Yeah. And I want it sandwiched with two positive comments because, you know, I'm a bit sensitive. Yes. So asking them those questions to get to know them, you know, what are your communication preferences? You know, I, I know we've been working together for X amount of time. How can I improve my communication directly with you? What's working? What isn't working? Mm-hmm. You know, rather than. I like that approach rather than, you know, looking at it from a generational and just putting the, the you know, the things there and saying, well, they're this generation, so they're going to like this. Ask people, build relationships. That's going to build trust. That's going to get them engaged. They're going to say, wow, they really actually care about that. Like they care about how they're giving me feedback. I really care now about how I'm giving them feedback and how I'm communicating. So it, it kind of, it breeds this culture of, of care and mutual responsibility, which is what we want in remote teams. And trust, because I think it, it, however many surveys you you give, and I, I may be wrong, but I've had plenty of surveys by managers in HR, and if I don't trust them, I'm not going to give them the skinny on how I feel things are actually going, you know, even if it's supposed to be anonymous. So building that trust, I think, goes a long way in the accuracy of your data as well. I know we're coming up on time a little bit, but I have I have a couple of questions that I want to jump into. What trends are you excited about when it comes to employee engagement and the remote workforce? Do you see anything coming down the pike that you're excited about? Honestly, it's been, it's just been such a whirlwind of, you know, the last two years, I never would have thought that we would be in this position where so many people are getting access to remote work. And so many companies are committing to it, you know, there's still companies out there that are saying, you know, we can't wait to get back into an office. and, And that's what it's going to be about. But you know, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of companies that have committed quite early on in this shift to say, you know what, remote is probably not going to go anywhere for a long time. Our team love it. Mm -hmm. Let's commit to improving this experience and making it the very best that it can be. So I'm excited for those companies because over the last 18 months, they haven't resisted change. They've really embraced the change and they've said, you know what, this change is happening. How do we make it the best change that we can ever? and make it work for everybody so that's what i'm really excited about you know is is more companies really getting to remote work outside of the pandemic restrictions because remote working in a pandemic isn't normal remote working it's not and and so being able to kind of have more flexibility for people i think so that they can have the experience where they get to truly experience remote working in a normal environment. That's what's really exciting me. I think for hybrid teams, you know, I'm excited for those companies that have really taken the time to understand how hybrid works and what are the best practices of hybrid. And there's not that many companies out there that have hybrid experience and have done it well. There are a few, but there's not that many. So it's new to a lot of people. So anybody that's saying, we know how to do hybrid, let's do it, are lying because nobody really knows. 
uh, the one thing that I'm very excited about, one of the biggest blockers or challenges or risks to a hybrid team is uh, proximity bias. So, um, you know, being biased against remote workers mm -hmm. and not understand, not knowing that you are right around their location. So that's one of the biggest things that I'm working with hybrid companies on. And there's a lot of new technology, behavioral science data, um, a lot of new technology to really support that and mitigate that in hybrid teams. So I think what's coming out of this is really exciting technology um, to support hybrid teams. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Very good. Let me ask you this. Is there anything that you would like to talk about that I have not asked you or anything you think that's important for people to know that we have not touched upon? I don't think so. I feel like this was a very quick but great conversation. I'm just, there was a lot of kind of gems or key takeaways in there. But if anybody has any questions, you know, they can absolutely follow up with me. If there's any points that I raise that they want more information around, you know, they can always shoot me a DM on LinkedIn or, or shoot me an email. That was my next question. Where can people yeah. find you? Yes. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, is where I'm at most of, of the time. My website, www.operateremote.com. And uh, my email, if you need an info at operateremote.com. You're fantastic, Shauna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Kerry, for having me. Really appreciate the chat. It yeah. was delightful. Thanks for listening to the Run Better podcast from Snackable Inspirations, where we talk to business leaders about employee engagement, experience, and motivation. For show notes and bonus content, visit snackableinspirations.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you would subscribe, like, and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to engage employees. Thanks, and see you soon.